this address was part of the YouTube streamed worship service from St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on May 7, 2023. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. So today, as I mentioned at the beginning of worship, we're starting um, a, a short sermon series during the month of May, and you'll see this image throughout uh, the month of May, certainly uh, around the sermon time, where we're going on uh, what we call On the Road with Jesus uh, in our uh, time together in this uh, sermon space. And the text that uh, we'll be hearing and we'll be dwelling in during these uh, weeks of May is the story of two disciples on the road to Emmaus, which we, we heard this reading a couple of Sundays back. And today we're going to dwell in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 24, and I'm going to read those for us now. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognising him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other uh, while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, what things? And they replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Let's pray. Loving God, pour out your Holy Spirit to open our eyes, our hearts, our lives to Jesus here for us, so that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts may be in, acceptable in your sight today. Amen. So as I say, over these uh, Sundays in May, we'll get to know something of the life of these two disciples and the one who journeys with them on the road to Emmaus. And back again they go, don't they, in Luke, uh, towards the end of Luke's Gospel. We're going to learn more about their journey and the risen Lord for them and also God willing for us. So today, dear friends in Christ, as Jesus comes to meet those two disciples, I'm going to greet you with the words that we often greet one another with in worship. The Lord be with you. And also with you. 
this is wonderful. I love coming to St Paul's because people always respond when, I, when these things happen. You're wonderful people. Thank you. We're going to dwell in the Word of God for us on our life's journey too. And I think we can and should expect to be met by Jesus who journeys on the road with us. These two disciples, Cleopas and the other famous one whose name we don't know but who we hear about, are met by Jesus as they're feeling very down and very sad. They're sad, Luke tells us. The Greek word here suggests that it's probably more than sadness. It includes, I think, a range of emotions ranging from, yes, sadness to being downright gloomy and that sense of hope, all hope has been lost. They've hit a major barrier on the road, haven't they? Life has been upended, they've been thrown into the tumble dryer on the road and it's not very pleasant. The events of recent days in Jerusalem was, when Jesus was crucified um, takes away their hope at this point. He was the hope and what about it now? Disappointment, anger, lament, sadness, grief, and spiritual blindness comes with that sort of territory. We know, I think, what it is to hit the barriers on the road, don't we? Even in my discussions with some of you, just as we were all gathering this morning, you know, hearing again of sickness and illness in people's lives or in the lives of loved ones, people um, that we spend our lives with, can you know, bring up these hard, hard barriers on the road as we're making our journey. I want to encourage you, as these disciples themselves were encouraged, Jesus comes to them in that place, doesn't he? Jesus comes to them where they are on this road. And what's the first thing that he does? Well, Luke tells us this, while they were, while they were talking, while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. And went with them. Not a lot of detail there, but important detail for you and me, I reckon, too. Jesus comes to where the disciples are on the road and he travels with them. And the first thing in his travelling is he lets them do the talking, doesn't he? It's interesting. The resurrected Jesus comes first to listen. And I find this quite encouraging, I have to say. In their place of despair... In the place where all hope seems lost, Jesus comes to us too on this road. And I'm going to share with you something of the message that we heard um, well, a number of months ago now when we held a service of lament and hope here in early March on a Saturday evening. And we also looked at uh, this text as our, as our place for us to dwell. Luke uh, 24 tells us the story of two disciples who have gone for a walk after their hopes have been dashed. Luke tells us that they are travelling to, to the village of Emmaus, but he doesn't tell us why, does he? Maybe we might assume that Emmaus is their home village, and I've always assumed that, I have to say. But I wonder if it's possible that they set off on this walk to escape, to escape the suffering and fear and hopelessness that came with their grief. And I think I know of something of that in my life too. Maybe you do. Their grief was at the death of Jesus. And so the walking and talking begins. 
And it can be such a therapeutic process, can't it? Finding a companion you can discuss your feelings with as you try to make sense of these things which we don't want to be happening in our lives. That's how I picture these two disciples, discussing different interpretations of their experiences and how they understood what had just happened. I wonder perhaps if there were some recriminations along the way. If only Judas hadn't betrayed him perhaps. If only we had been wiser about the Romans. And it's then as Jesus comes to them and draws near and walks with them, silently at first, before asking, what are you discussing with each other while you're walking along? And it's their response that really stood out to me. They stood still, looking sad. In the midst of walking and talking, they stood still. Do you know what it's like to be with them? To stand still, stopped in your tracks, unexpectedly? And aren't there so many situations in life which can bring that? I reckon if we have a moment to breathe it in, we know those feelings too. So what happens in this sad stillness? The disciples on the way to Emmaus are invited by Jesus to tell their story. We know, don't we, that he already knows exactly what happened. But instead of telling them straight out what they should be feeling or experiencing, he takes time to listen to listen in love and with concern for them. That's part of our call too as his disciples, I think, isn't it? To listen. To listen to God dwelling in the word, to listen to each other and always knowing that God is taking the time to listen to us, both to our words and our wordless groans and weeping when they come. Jesus is here drawing near to us, he is here in his word today and soon he will be wonderfully revealed to us in the breaking of bread as we share the precious gift of the supper together. And he is present with us in other ways too, isn't he? Where do you see Jesus drawing near to you in your life? And perhaps today we might reflect that it might be in the listening ear of another he often shows up in the unexpected places and forms for us. In the hug which shows that I've been heard and which responds in love, for example. As we continue on this journey, wherever we might each be along the way, I pray that God will continue to draw near, perhaps in surprising ways, and bring you hope, even if it only comes in the glimpses of life sometimes. It is, I think, true that to people such as us, Jesus comes and draws near to us to listen to us when the struggles are there. The one who draws near to dwell with you is, as Liam said, the way, the way, the truth and the life. That's what Jesus promises in our Gospel reading today. And we learn the way, the truth and the life by dwelling with Jesus in the word of promise, the word of hope, the word of life.
A few years back, we introduced this um, spiritual discipline of dwelling in the Word when we had a short series on um, God calling us into his mission place, into his harvest field. I find this dwelling in the Word with others a wonderful, wonderful and important spiritual discipline in my life. Um, a way to learn to listen afresh to God and to listen to another person. And I'd simply like to reintroduce this again to you for your walk uh, on the road with Jesus. So if you're on our mailing list, you will have received, um, you will have received the document in colour that has the, and you won't be able to see it from here, but it is that image that we showed at the start of the sermon on, of the road. And uh, in this uh, document, this resource, of which there are a number of hard copies available um, at the back of the church. So as you leave today, if you don't have one of these, if you're visiting us especially, may I encourage you to, to pick one of these up. I'm just going to refer to this document, which is a resource for helping us to dwell in the Word, because I'd like to encourage us all into this place in our listening as Jesus draws near and as Jesus might draw near to others in and through us as well. So may I encourage you in this month of May to dwell in the passage Luke 24, uh, 13 to 35, and that's a part of the resource um, that you've received. And also, as you might do that, you might, and perhaps it's part of your weekly rhythm already, it's in our Sunday paper each week, our, our regular readings as they come to us. Because as we're in the Word over these Sundays, I'm going to um, see if they, you know, how Luke 24 intersects with these other readings. So may I encourage you there. May I encourage you, especially in this month, to find another person or another group of people to do the dwelling uh, in the Word with, if at all possible. Of course, you might like to do this as a, as a private devotional space, and maybe that's the thing that is, is most available, you know, in... in at five o'clock in the morning, if that's when your devotion time is. But if at all possible, if you go to any regular gatherings, maybe it's a meeting of the congregation, uh, you know, a regular, one of our regular meetings, if you're in a small group, will you encourage one another to dwell in the Word in, and follow the opportunities that um, our resource helps us with to do that in Luke 24 to 35? Or perhaps seek out another person during this month. Even if you, you do this over the phone with someone, see if there's another person that you might do this with. And I, I mention this because when we dwell in the, in the Word, we're encouraged to let it flow over us. We listen once and we listen again to this Word. We pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit to open our hearts. We listen to the Word and uh, hear what the Spirit might be bringing to us. And then, if you're with another person, may I encourage you, we've listened to God and the Word and heard the heart of God for us through this Word, then to listen to the other person. You know, I get so excited when I, and especially in Luke 24, it's one of my favourite places to be. I can't wait to tell people what I'm hearing. This is my thing. And sometimes I jump in before I get to listen to another person. In May, put your listening ears on especially that your ears might be part of God's heart in listening to another, listening to another person and what they're hearing and what's happening in their life. There's a lovely little um, phrase that's in our resource which says, can you listen someone else into free speech? You know, that's a place I think of 
when we can trust another just to share, you know, do I know God's word? I don't want to say the wrong thing or I don't want to say something silly or, you know, sometimes those things happen to us. To be able just to be there for another person that they can speak just what they're hearing is a very, very precious gift. And as I say, as we meet these disciples on the road, that's what Jesus does first. And so in our listening, we can bring something of Jesus' heart for another person just by our listening ears as well. And then simply prayer. The final part of dwelling in the word is prayer. And it's a, it's a given, isn't it? We pray in response to what God first says to us. But may I encourage you to pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit as you start out. You're listening um, to God in the word. You're dwelling in the word with one another. And then pr- ask one another, what's God up to in our midst? What's God doing through this word and simply pray this out together. God is on the road with you. He hears you. He is with you and he calls you to dwell with him and with each other. So dear friends in Christ, the Lord be with you. Amen. And the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.